Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it's been so long. I've not been well. I wasn't a well boy. Uh, I recorded this episode at the end of October, a couple of days before uh, Halloween, and uh, promptly, Claire and I were stricken down by the uh, the pandemic virus. Now, when I talk about like stricken down, I mean like a head like a burst couch. Shaking like a shitting dog. Uh, you know, fucked up, mad headache, swollen brains. I was so sick that I couldn't even muster up a wank. Like, you know you're not well when you when you can't even go at yourself for relief. So what happened was I couldn't do any work, couldn't do anything. Couldn't put the fucking the nose to the grindstone. Couldn't put the nose to the bottom of a bowl of cereal, never mind the grindstone. So apologies for the you know, week, uh, the promised weekly episodes, uh, you guys have been asking, some of you have been asking online, what's the fucking crack, crack is I got the Rona son, and I wasn't well, uh, apologies, so this is an interview with Greg Carlwood, uh, I'm trying to release these all in a row, and there's another swap cast then with the conspiracy farm, and then Malcolm X is going to be coming into your ear holes ASAP, that was due a couple of weeks ago, so we're still in the same order, they're just going to be a, a slightly delayed. So we're going Malcolm X this week, Port Arthur next week. There's a couple of little bits in between. I'm doing some other uh, live shows and interviews and stuff as well. So they'll all come out. But by my by the fucking power of Grayskull, uh, I want to have uh, a show coming out every week. Uh, and then next week, from when you're listening to this, I'm going to be doing two more live streams for the big episodes. There's a Bob Marley episode. And there is a Montauk Project revisited next week. One on Tuesday, one on Saturday. So if you are a Patreon of $5, you can bop in and have a look-see. Watch that. And if you want to go onto the Patreon, there's loads of other stuff as well. Ad-free episodes and some of the live streams in there, all for a fiver a pop. And if you don't want to subscribe, there's a brand new annual feature where you can just drop in, drop the whole money for the year, and bop out. So if you want to treat yourself for Christmas, or you want to treat... So, you know, you want to put this on a, on a Bluetooth speaker next to your loved one so they get the fucking hint and they go on to Patreon and they buy it for you for the year. Uh, we're going to have a much more spread out, you know, recording schedule, obviously, because Ireland keeps on getting fucking knocked with a level five. Nobody go nowhere. Everybody freeze. Fucking lockdown schedule. So it means I can't, some, 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 some of the times I can't get people over into the fucking 
studio, which is very frustrating. Um, so we're doing interviews online. I'm, I'm, I'm reading a bunch of books at the moment, trying to get ready to interview a couple of different authors. I've had lots of offers from people who are uh, in the business of conspiracy, reaching out. We're having um, unions of the unwanted and people like that are coming on. So I'm trying to get other creators as well. Trying to diversify my bond, son, and get a bit of fucking podcast uh guts and glory going on here there's also spotlight episodes i'm working on and obviously christmas is coming the coca-cola trucks are out holidays are coming and uh i want to get as many done in this time that i'm well uh all chalked up ready to fire into your ear holes once a week so we're looking at malcolm x uh port arthur massacre uh, joseph condro which is a deliciously fucking disgusting true crime episode uh robert birch told uh zodiac killer with claire bunch of great shows coming up between now and the christmas season and uh like i said the live streams are gonna be bob marley on tuesday and then the montauk project revisited on saturday so ed and emma join me for bob and neil and eamon join me for uh some albelic monster in a box talk so look at i let you off with this interview i apologize profusely we're not putting out the episode and being incommunicado, but I was literally only able to wipe my arse without leaning forward on the door of the toilet on my tippy toes like f- three days ago. Now I'm talking about like it was the badness. Uh, but And people don't want you to know this, it's no worse than a bad flu. Shh, don't tell anyone. But um, no, seriously, we're going to, it's fucking, it's completely unironic <laughs> that I was talking to Greg Harwood about what we were talking about on this episode, which included uh, vaccines and all the people he's talking to and uh, the Rona and the, p- the propaganda and all the stuff around it. So look, it, I'm waffling. Come here. Enjoy this episode. I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry that I went out for a pack of cigarettes. And I didn't come back for four weeks. But, uh, you know, it was just probably the sickest I've ever been. Um, and this is me calling in sick to work to you. So forgive me. Here's some episodes. Enjoy. Welcome to another Those Conspiracy Guys. This time, we're having an interview with the uncrowned prince of San Diego, Mr. Greg Carrywood from the, the Higher Side Chats podcast. You've probably heard him talking to the experts all around the world, conspiracy top drawer guests and content that he has. His intros are among the most immaculate <laughs> and fantastic. Uh, mine are, are not, obviously. I, I, I try and improv the whole thing. Yes, and. But uh, we're going to ask Greg to come in now. How are you doing, man? What's crack? Hey, what is happening? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. This is the call of Gondor. Uh, you put out, uh, you lit the torches on Twitter and was like, I am finally free. Yes, I don't do a lot of interviews. I tend to think I'm way better at interviewing better experts than myself. But I also think that a, a lot this year has, it's been very intense. And a lot of uh, hosts in my position have shown themselves to be LARPers. You know, they weren't all that serious about the stuff we talk about because we've been given these warnings for many years. And yes, this is a very scary operation that has happened this year. But to see guys that I grew up like respecting their opinion, 
completely tuck tail because of their old age and just get very fearful of the coronavirus thing. And it's like, well, I learned from you not to trust the news and not to trust politicians. And so what happened here where you, you stopped uh, taking your own message to heart? And I'm very concerned about what the next year or two will look like. And so I feel compelled to try to talk about these things in a more serious way and uh, and hope hopefully strengthen the resistance. Who are we talking about here? We're not obviously going to name names. Are we going to name names? I, it might put it in more context. Mm, I would rather not, but a, like top, a lot the top of people. Five. Is that what we're talking <laughs> about, the top five dudes? Well, pretty much most of them except David Icke. At least David yeah. Icke is kind of on the message, I would say. But if you just look at a lot of the researchers in the conspiracy field and look at their tweets and their Facebook posts, they're very conventional. They're siding with the mainstream news. And you might as well be following CNN. And it's just very strange. And there are ones I wish were still around to talk about this. I wonder what Jim Mars would have had to say about the coronavirus narrative. Yeah, I mean, he went um, I wonder what George Carlin would have had to he say. Went hard. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of, like, you're making me feel a small bit guilty myself. Um, do you know, there's a, there's a hard bridge that you have to shorten the gap on between telling the truth and then being a dick. Do you know, there's a lot of people who mm -hmm. are out in the streets in Dublin here in Ireland, uh, in London, and like personally, I don't believe that like coronavirus is that big of a deal. I put I, I put my name out there, and I put you can put that shit in quotes. It's not that big of a deal. Like the percentage of people that are dying from it, I know that there's long term. If you get infected, you get long term like pulmonary scar tissue, and you know it's shit for breathing and stuff. But like polio is a thing. Um, it just seems that right. there's an awful lot of really superlative rules being made, unprecedented governmental action, authoritarian rule and all these kind of things. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be scaring grannies in the supermarket by going, I'm not wearing a motherfucking mask. Fuck you, bro. No. Like, I wear the mask. I cancelled a bunch of shows here in TCG Towers because I don't want to have people over in the house because we're not allowed to have them. Like, I'm not going to willfully fla f like flaunt the laws but I also kind of, out of, out of the other side of my mouth, I'm kind of like, ah, fuck that. Like, it's bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, we're going to just follow the rules. Like, where where do you fall right. on that? I think strategy matters. I'm a big fan of adopting their strategies, like Dale Carnegie's How to Make Friends and Influence People. Mm. It's not by hitting them over the head with something aggressively uh, in, a, in a way that feels confrontational. I'm not looking to get into a, a mask fight with grandpa in the supermarket yeah. you know i definitely do what i have to do to go out and uh, come back to my home and I, it's a little bit different here because we can have friends and family over yeah. and as long as your friends and family and your inner circle aren't worried you just do what you do and some of them sometimes do get a little paranoid based on how much news they've been watching and i just remind them i'm like look we have maybe six couples that we're really good friends with. That's 12 people. These 12 people, half of them have still been going to work. The other half are at least going to grocery stores and yeah. stuff. So I started to say to them, you know, think about the true vector of contagion that you would have been exposed to. Like you just got to live your life because tomorrow is never guaranteed for anyone. And these laws that you're dealing with, there's no guarantee they will ever lift. Uh, we're still taking our shoes off at the airport after 9-11. And of course this is, these measures are a little more extreme. So you'd think that maybe 
they will get lifted eventually. That is the promise that they are telling us that, oh, well, once we get through this. But it was one of the first things I said, which was just when you're locked inside because of a new virus, when is the virus gone? Because to my knowledge, uh, they're always still hanging around, whatever these problems are for people. Although I'm starting to go really far down into the extremes of the rabbit hole on germ theory and contagiousness versus terrain theory. Obviously, you know, we can get into it, but I think that the, the medical system or the community, like more the medical podcast community, maybe the bro science guys, as you yeah. might say, they were already drifting towards this idea that the food you put in your body is way more important, getting sunlight, getting out into the world, grounding. These things are, are very important for your health. And they're presenting the virus on TV as it's getting struck by lightning, that it's just something you get and then you're fucked and your life's never the same. And that's just not really true, I don't think. So I'm not saying it's one or the other. We're programmed by all the media. Like, think about even watching, like, Outbreak, you know, in Cuba and Dustin coming along in fucking yellow suits in slow motion. They're all like, we got a fucking Ross Geller's trouble, man. His fucking monkeys out fucking people and giving them viruses and shit. Like... It doesn't load these uh, parameters and, and safeguards, and uh, they call them recommendations. You know, it's like when you send when you send your your kid to this like really posh uh, private primary school, and you have to make voluntary contributions. But the contributions aren't right. voluntary; you have to pay that shit, or your child doesn't play lacrosse or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So they have these things called recommendations. And you have to abide by these recommendations or else you get fined. And it's like, motherfucker, that's not a recommendation. That's a law then. But you can't make a law because you can't change, like, the constitutional rights of the people. Uh, you know, so there's this undercutting. We're also being programmed by all of these TV shows, pre-programmed, you know, Operation Mockingbird stuff. Um, even going yes. so far back as, like like you said, 2001. That taking off your shoes at the airport, that's the shoe bomber. That's Richard Reed, And that was in December 2001. It's nothing to do with 9-11. Right. People are freaking out since Columbine. They're all like, oh, my God, in like 99. There's been TV shows with these global pandemics, these zombie outbreaks. We're being bombarded with this shit, zombie porn, for 20 years. Um, to, I think 2004, Dawn of the Dead 2004, uh, with, uh, what's your one's name? Scientology face. She's in that uh, Handmaid's Tale, and she always looks like that. Where she has like a oh, okay, scowly yeah. face. I, I know who you're talking about. I yeah. can't remember her name. I call her. I call her Scientology face because she just looks perpetually yes. unhappy. She's also it. from Mad Men too. Right? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. And um, Elizabeth Moss. There we go. Good, good brain. And uh, yeah, so like uh, two, that 2004 Dawn of the Dead. That's like yeah, it's like a remaking of the George A. Romero uh, allegorical examination of. Uh, consumerism in America where the zombies all gravitate towards a shopping mall because that's their base instincts, you know, to buy things. And you're like, come on, bro. It's like you bite a motherfucker, you get a disease, you turn immediately, you kill all your mates. And that's kind of what's been uh, switched on now in our minds that like we're being made to feel like we are the virus. And I talked with mm-hmm. um, some people before, like, you know, it's it's a common thing where Humans are being made to feel guilty. We're not even going to get into white and black people, but humans in general are being made to feel guilty like we are the virus, we're ruining the earth. And And they made fear a virtue. That is a big thing I've been hearing in memes, and and I really like that because you get to put fear front and center and be like, well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm staying home. You know, I'm, I'm not going out. And 
it's like that's not necessarily the the noble action. I think the noble action is to do the real research it's taken me since March to do on on viruses and the history of contagion theory and and really wrap your head around how fearful should I be? Like how how paradigm busting can we be on on what this is? Because let's imagine another virus comes out next year and there's only a 40% survival rate instead of a 99% survival rate. Yeah. You know, they can always roll out something else. And so you really have to not only arm, armor yourself up against the numbers here, but also when looking at the history, maybe you shouldn't be that worried about new viruses at all. Uh, maybe you should be worried about changes in the electrical environment of the earth. And they are doing that too. So it's kind of splitting hairs because if you suddenly realize or decide that you're not afraid of a virus, but you think 5g is dangerous, well, what are you going to do about that? Yeah. You know, if they cover the earth and satellites and towers in every neighborhood, I mean, if that, is bad for your health, then you're kind of in trouble anyway. I remember, but I am when, worried about when, what life will be like if you don't want to take that vaccine. Exactly, I'm worried about that. When the coronavirus came out first, there was people in London that were like London was empty, the streets were empty, and then there was lads going out with cameras, braving the elements, you know, braving the fucking uh, the police cordons and stuff like that. When there was proper lockdown, and they were filming these technicians putting up all the new five G, uh, smoke a little smoke, drink a little drink. San Diego, baby. Uh, they have all these guys from London uh, uh, putting up all these 5G masks and they were like interrogating them and then the cops would come along and say, move on, leave those workers alone. They're like, you know, you're putting that shit up, you're going to poison us all. And everybody was taught like, geez, I don't know, like 5G, is is it that bad? And then it got associated with coronavirus. And then if you talked about it at all, they'd switch off your Twitter account or your YouTube channel. Like it was, mm -hmm. and, and, and that in the minds of a conspiracy theorist, especially in the minds of like, I don't want to say the unwashed masses or the uneducated masses, but like in the minds of people who would be, who would tend to suspicion, the fact that the mainstream is censoring that information means that there must be something nefarious to it then. The logic would dictate, yeah. right? Yes, but I guess my opinion is the way their propaganda works is they flood the internet with memes and pretty poor quality arguments about the very thing that is true. Yeah. And when it first hit, that was the only conspiracy narrative was everybody was talking about how it's linked to 5G. And it was just enough and done through the right channels to make it seem silly to the people who don't buy into this stuff. That's why I've always thought Alex Jones's role was to turn people off from this material. Because you look at the way a person acts and you think about the worldview they have and if it really serves them. Uh, I remember when I was younger and I liked Bill Hicks and George Carlin and they both talked about mushrooms being a big factor in their, you know, thinking process. And so I was like, maybe I want to try mushrooms because the fruits of, of what it seemed to do for them, it seems positive. Mm. When you look at Alex Jones, does it seem like all this has like been good for his mental health? I think that's by design that he's presented as a, as a crazy person. And he, when the view wants to seem like they get the alternative angle, they get Alex Jones. He yells and screams, turns off all the house moms. And then it's like, yeah, this guy is clearly out to lunch. Yeah. So I feel like they do that with the memes as well. And I, I basically thought this is probably isn't right. This connection to 5g. And then only after really digesting a lot of material from the Weston a price foundation and Sally Fallon Morrell, I'm more on board with it now, but I'm even, I, I still leave the door open for so many things, you know, but I, if yeah. I had to place a bet, it'd probably be that there's a strong connection there. 
you can kind of fall down in people's estimation, especially as podcasters, you know. Um, we're kind of vanguards of the information. We are we're chewing the food and then like like a mother bird just uh, regurgitating <laughs> into the mouths of our listeners to go yeah. like, well, this is what we found. This lad is cool. We've chatted back and forth. He wrote a book. I read the book. It kind of resonates with me. You like who I am. Uh, here, let me introduce you to this person. Like, that's kind of our role, right? Yeah. And um, I, I tried to do one of those conspiracy guys. I tried to, like, you know, look at both sides, look at the official statement, and then look at the conspiracies part. And then at the end we go, well, I think this part is probably real and this part is probably not, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. of all the people that you've interviewed and met, you're obviously, like Joe Rogan says, like, you're basically going through a college course where you have a different lecturer maybe five times a month who will come in and fuck your mind hole with all this loads of information that you may have some basis in or you may not know anything at all and they'll come in and tell you all this stuff. Like, surely people will be looking to you to go like, well, what do you think is the answer? We listen to you. We like the way you carry on. Your judgment is within our kind of sphere of understanding. If you deem it this which makes you then a target for people who want to stop that message. So if you're interviewing like five, you know, 5G people and four of those are on the blacklist for YouTube and then Higher Side Chats goes on YouTube, YouTube is like, well, Higher Side Chats is like perpetuating that person. We banned that person. So bye-bye Higher Side Chats, you know. Um, mm, how yes. How is it like learning all of this stuff and keeping a healthy distance away from it without it polluting your own mind? Like, do you feel polluted? Your mind is polluted, or do you feel right in what you're thinking? Yeah, I, I maybe I'm dead inside. I'm not <laughs> sure, but I can digest a lot of dark stuff, and it doesn't really affect me. I guess maybe I'm just cynical about people in positions of power already. Uh, but I feel pretty okay with uh, going down deep, dark rabbit holes. And you know, they say if you stare into the abyss too long, you drive yourself crazy. And maybe I'm past the point of no return. I'm not oh, sure, are, but I do, <laughs> I do have a sense of responsibility on health related issues. Now, if we're just talking about the hollow earth or did the moon landing happen, mm. that's good fun, you know, whatever. But when we start doing shows on vaccines, that's when I started to be like, okay, I don't think it's wise to make decisions based on uh, a stoner college dropouts podcast, but people will. And so there is a, a sense of responsibility. I want to, do enough research that I feel confident in letting people present this stuff on my platform because it does relate to their health and the health of the children that they're going to have. And so that is level one was feeling comfortable with the vaccine issue. And I'm completely convinced that I would never vaccinate my kids. And uh, I don't think anyone should. I think it causes more problems than it solves. There are a lot of studies about long-term effects and it, interacting with viruses later in life after you've had something like a measles vaccine. Uh, If you have measles naturally, you seem to be immune to certain types of cancers later in life. And there's a great argument that little kids are supposed to get sick. The stage of life before puberty, when, you know, a lot of other things happen to your body unexplained and you don't do anything, you know, to make those changes happen. It's part of your cycle. Uh, Go back to a a stage of life before puberty and maybe you're supposed to get chicken pox. Maybe you're supposed to get measles. Maybe this is your immune system forming for the rest of your life. And we have let the medical system convince us that that part, that process needs to be stopped and interrupted by vaccines, which are only, what, 130 years old? 
Yeah. Man's been around a lot longer than 130 years. It's creating. And it's we didn't need those vaccines to survive. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's creating a market for profit. You can see, like, you yeah. can see the strings being pulled. You can see the mechanism that it's being constructed around. And we're, are we the ones that are paying the price? Like, I don't mind getting a measles, mumps, rubella vaccine rather than having a little kid getting measles or getting mumps and possibly you know if you get mumps when you're a teenager you might end up being infertile there's all these extreme cases and they have arguments both sides but like it's hard to push back against the vaccine logic when like variolation and all that stuff it's developed over such a long period of time with modern medicine alongside all of these other modern medicines so like any other medicine like heart surgery is 100 years old as well they're just really really good at it now you know Um, you know they don't do they do not do uh placebo double blind studies with a control with vaccines because they say it's immoral to Mm. give children a a placebo they're so drinking the vaccine kool-aid that that's how they get out of it well you know people always talk about trusting science or believing in science as if it's just a a religion on its own, as if it's some conclusion. No, it's just a process. And by the scientific process, you have to do these kind of studies to prove that, that these vaccines are safe and effective, but they don't do them. And they damn sure don't do them in combination with the other 50 things that we give kids. So until you've proven it to me, you're not putting anything under my skin because there's a scandal that each one of these major companies has. And, that ruins their credibility in my mind. So can Johnson and Johnson provide a vaccine? Not to me, not when they had asbestos in their baby powder for 50 fucking years and didn't say a damn thing about it. That doesn't show me that they're on my side. So I have a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, arguments to why I feel so confident about that. But then it, it, it goes deeper too, because coronavirus is an RNA virus. Now, if you look at the history of RNA vaccines, There is none. They've never been able to do it. The people who have tried to do it failed miserably. They said it might be impossible. They killed a whole bunch of animals that they gave it to. So it's actually a blessing from the universe that they framed this thing or that this thing is, or, you know, whether it's completely made up or whatever, it's an RNA virus. And that has a very specific history and a very specific type of vaccine. And that is in a a different category from what we give to kids. And so you don't even have to have that argument about the vaccines for children aren't safe because even mainstream sources will tell you there's never been an RNA vaccine and it's never been able to be done and it's killed a lot of animals when they've tried. So that should be pretty telling. And they're going to try to force everyone to take this. And I'm worried about that. I might never get on a plane again we might never have another debaucherous Mm. night in dublin like we did once before or i bought i bought the most um the sketchiest weed i've ever purchased from a man's crotch yeah (laughs) he pulls a sack out of the front of his pants and i'm like yeah i'll still buy that uh so i'm not worried Uh, about viruses i've been exposed to plenty germs as you know but I'm it, still here. It'll end up. It'll end up being. It'll end up being like a split society. Then we'll end up, you know, being the 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 Dennis Leary uh, sewer people who are not allowed to partake in modern society uh, from yes. Demolition Man. You know, like it's it, it, a bunch yes. of people who are not going to get the COVID or the, the 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 vaccine ID. You put the chip under your hand, and you have to get your you know your annual vaccine injection, and who knows what else. Um, I do think that now as the Operation Mockingbird media hypnosis, almost like a, a, like a mocking, like a mocking allegorical 
media machine that's telling like this is what we're going to do to you and some people are saying like that's what that's what you have to do in the satanic uh, uh, the satanic ritual is like we have to tell you what we're going to do and then we're going to do it so like there's TV shows mm-hmm. like Utopia that just come out on Amazon Prime it's a remake of a Channel 4 show and it's basically the story of what's happening now where they make a fucking virus yes. it's the story yes. of a comic book that has all the old viruses and then they catch the fucking spoiler alert they can't because it's, it's out since 2014 in the, in the UK they catch the guy that's doing it and he's like, yeah, what we're going to do is uh, we make a fake virus and then uh, make it incurable and then we create the vaccine and then we give everybody the vaccine and they all become sterile because there's too many people on the planet and um, we just wait until like everyone gets older and then we like let some kids grow up and give them the, the anti-vaccine and let them reproduce and we can start again and that's a way to control society. Like they did little tests with Zika where they made people afraid to fuck each other in Brazil, which is like... I mean, to make people afraid to hmm. fuck each other in Wisconsin is one thing, but in Brazil, where everyone's gorgeous right. and it's sunny and there's so much oil, and uh, they put Zeke out there and went, like, you don't want to have, like, pinhead babies. And everyone was like, yeah, it's okay, man. We just want to have, we, we want to fuck this. No problem. Like, bananas experiments that did, like, uh, uh, Tuskegee, they did fucking, they put Lyme disease and all the ticks and like put tw- 20 million of them all over America to see what had happened with Lyme right. disease. And, like it's not right. like it hasn't been done before and it's on the books. So I can't see why people wouldn't see this as something suspicious. But at the same time, you don't want to upset Granny <laughs> by going over to her house without a mask. There's a moral no. kind of quandary in me, you know? Well, yeah, and people have to live to their level of comfort, and sadly, some people are not very comfortable. Yeah, My parents, I see my parents as if it's 2019 still, and we just, I see them every once in a while. We go out to a food truck for a lobster roll. It doesn't matter. We we don't really live our lives as if it does, but I do know people who are not going to see their families this Christmas because most of my friends are transplants in San Diego. They, they grew up other places. So, you know, does my friend John go back to Louisiana or not? It really has to do with how comfortable his parents are. Yeah. And to go through the airport, that's a lot of, uh, that's a huge vector of exposure, they'll say. And a lot of people are, not, are just not seeing their family. Yeah, when you looked at the George Floyd funeral, it looked quite full. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people have died alone or have only seen their their dying grandmother through a window, which to me makes almost no sense. Your grandma's on her deathbed, and you still stay behind the window yeah, because you, why? Who you infected? Like, what? So there's a lot of silliness, but it does affect people on a deep level, and uh, it's very sad, and that's why people should not just sit around. Do a deep dive on the history of virus theory, and contagion because there are some some things you wouldn't believe in that history like the fact that they haven't ever proved it they have taken at times a very serious contagious outbreaks they've said they have taken a room full of sick people and a room full of healthy people or put them all in one room they have had sick people cough in the face of healthy people for 10 minutes nothing has happened they have taken snot out of one infected person's nose and injected a healthy person with it. Nothing has happened. I think I saw a video so, of that on Pornhub, actually. It's a, <laughs> yes. It's a kink. It is a genre, I'm yeah. sure. Love snaps. Um, Tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys. 
This idea that things are contagious, I I don't dismiss it outright. Nothing is completely black and white, but it is definitely overblown, in my opinion. And it took months and months for me to to get here. In March, I would have laughed at this stuff, but I read probably books. I got the titles right here. Uh, Sally Fallon Morell and Dr. Tom Cowan put out The Contagion Myth. It's probably the best introduction And any of these researchers and authors will also say that there's more work to do. There are unanswered questions. But because this box of science has been so, like, kept at bay for so long, the work hasn't been done. We don't have the same 100 years of of following this as we should, much like Tesla's way of looking at electricity or, you know, the zero-point energy I've had guests talk about or the electromagnetic uh, anti-gravitic crafts that do exist, but yet they say they defy physics, so they can't exist. But people see UFOs everywhere, and there are some people who know how to build them, so they say. And yeah. it's because there must be science that There's backs that world, up. Yeah. Like there mu- right. So I think that hidden world also applies to medicine. And funny enough, the energy side of the coin and the medical side of the coin both go back to the Rockefellers and them selling petrochemicals to us uh, and petrochemical-based pills as well as, you know, fuel for the cars. It's the same people who made a lot of these decisions on what the universities would dismiss and what they would accept because they did the funding. You know this. Yeah, of course. So they it, it is monetized. It is monetized. They're 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 making yes. money from it. And you always have to kind of question the morality and the motivation behind this. It does seem mm-hmm. very strange and it does seem very um nonsensical. To be able to have it like in Ireland, for example, we're in a level five lockdown. We were in level five in March where every motherfucker had to stay in their house. No one was supposed to go anywhere. You're not supposed to visit anybody. But then you could go to the supermarket and touch a bunch of fruit. And then you could not wear a mask if you didn't want to. No one was stopping you in March and April. And now all the kids are in school still rubbing off each other, coughing into each other's mouths. But apparently kids can't get it. And then they're going home to a family, a house full of people who maybe susceptible so you could be a carrier and you bring it home to someone if you're living with your grandparents or whatever and you bring it home and then you cough at the dinner table because if you're in the home you feel you're okay you're in the bubble um and then you give your grandparents covid and it just like there's so much so many parts or so many like mechanical elements of a lockdown like a human prison in your home a city prison like snake pliskin or some shit we can't leave. You can't go. We're not allowed to travel outside of our county now. We can't go to any pub, any club. All the small businesses are shut and all the restaurants are shut. All the bars are going out of business. Like, and still having to pay rents. So all the landlords and all the government uh, uh, are still taking their rates, taking their taxes, taking their, yeah. taking, getting all their stuff. And nobody's given any kind of amnesty on fees that have to be paid to keep a business going. Right. But, but those people aren't this, able to make any money, so they're going to be sitting on it. Like, uh, there's talk of like the great reset. You know, like uh, we got it. We have to oh, crash yeah. the market somehow. We have, you know, we can't let uh, uh, like a civil war could have done that. They could have just left us off and just let the fucking <laughs> let the civil war happen. But they needed to kind of light that tinderbox to get that shit going. Uh, like from all the stuff that you've read, you're talking about um, the books that you have there. I heard you talking on the Grand America show about terrain theory and about the fact that they don't really know what's happening with this virus, right. but yet they're making long-term permanent changes to society. They're making changes that are in the short term will have long-term effects, 
permanent effects. People are after losing jobs they'll never get back. Businesses are closing that will never open again. Not not least because they don't know when they can actually open again, but because they won't have the money to be able to go into a bank and go, can I get a loan, please, so I can start a small business? That money won't be there. They're, they're going to have mm-hmm. to fucking burn a bunch of cash. It's going to be like Dresden when the English were dropping Deutschmarks all over Germany uh, to... to lower the value of the Deutschmark during the war, you know. Like, the USA is bound for a really big fall. New York is emptying out. Uh, uh, California is getting fucked. People are moving places. Mm-hmm. Property property is skyrocketing before the massive crash. Like, what is America like, really, for the people who are at home listening? Like, can you travel around? Our business is closing. Is there any real concern on a day-to-day basis for corona? Or is this, like, terrain theory? Is this, like being put into a place where stuff happens. If you move away from that place, do you just not get sick? If you don't worry about it, do you not get it? <laughs> well, I do think that uh, if you listen to a lot of the esoteric experts that I've interviewed, they do have the idea that things filter down from the ethereal. So your thoughts really do have a huge effect on reality. And I definitely think your fear state does because yeah. fear relates to your stress levels. And that is a huge factor. And if you feel well or not, you fill the news. Imagine there is no virus, but you fill the airwaves with the exact same news since March with 300 million people. A couple million people are going to go into the hospital saying they know that they got it and they know they're sick just be, just because of that factor. Yeah. Um, not that I think that's all that's happened, but I'm only saying that fear and your state of mind and stress has a huge effect, especially on a large group of people. Um, but I think the news is always scarier than the reality. It matters what state you're in. In California, I'm in San Diego. I live in the most conservative town, like major city in the most liberal state, which I think is the best blend and the best place to be. And here, because the weather's great 300 days a year, you can go out and most of the restaurants have their tables now in the street. So I go out with my friends and I eat and I drink. And uh, as long as you're sitting at the table, you don't have to wear a mask because coronavirus only gets you if you're standing up. If you're sitting down, you should be safe. So again, it's just one of these rules that doesn't make any fucking sense. But here, if you go into if you buy a nine-year-old a meal, store, you, can have a, you can go inside into a bar, but if you don't go into the bar, you're not allowed. You can't just go right. and buy a beer. You have and, to buy uh, a nine-year-old meal and then corona leaves you alone. Gavin Newsom's office actually tweeted. I had to save it because I couldn't believe it. And I knew that other people wouldn't believe it. So I have the screenshot, but uh, his office tweeted that if you go out with your friends and family this weekend, uh, actually they said your household, because you're only, that's the big lie too. Like that we're only going out with people in our household. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we go out then? Because we want to see other people from other households. Spend the whole week in the house. Yeah. Yes. But they say when you go out with uh, your household for a meal, make sure to be wearing your mask in between bites. Look at you. That's a legitimate thing that an adult said uh, as a as a real, you know, thought that thought they thought it was a useful piece of information, but it makes no sense. The logic falls apart completely. It's like saying when you're having sex only, with your wife and you go to lick her pussy, just lick, just pull the mask down and give it a few licks, and then put the mask back up if you're going to go and do the other thing. Right. It's fucking then you ridiculous. should be fine. <laughs> that seems like nobody's happy in that gonna, situation. Yeah, if you're going to eat booty, make uh, sure you take off your mask between licks. That's what it is, man. Yes. And finish the job. Yeah. <laughs> but when you go to like Target or Walmart or the grocery store, then yeah, you do have to wear your mask. And it is funny that these are the only places that haven't had to close or really change any protocols at all. And all that 
money all is all going. That market share is all Amazon, Walmart, and uh, Target now. And so when they do want to roll out and some kind of digital dollar or some. Yeah, or some next extreme. These are the places you aren't going to be able to go, and there are no alternatives. So that is why I feel so compelled to try to get out there and talk about some of this stuff, or at least connect people to resources if they want to learn, because I need the resistance to be strong. Because the, re- I guess it's going to be about as bad as the ratio in which people participate. Because if I'm left on the outside, and I have to find different sources for food and different grocery stores and different uh, people to hang out with, I guess. I need that group to be very large. So I'm hoping that a lot of people will not take this vaccine because uh, the plan can seem scary, but the plan is not the reality. Sometimes they shoot for the stars, they land on the moon. They'll take as much yardage as they can gain. And so I'm trying to help people to not operate from fear and actually look at the records of the people that say they want to inject you with something for your own good. Like it's not, it's not going to instill a lot of confidence when you look at what these people have done for most of their lives, what these corporations have done. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't, it's like a false sense of security. People want to believe that now that they've been injected with this problem, the fear of this problem, if you can just give me any solution, I'll just take it. You know, I don't want to have to think about it. Just give me that little shot. We can say it's all gone. I can breathe easy and get back to regular life. But that's not the case. I expect this vaccine to hurt a lot of people. And it might take a few decades. If you go back to Dr. Mary's monkey and the polio vaccine, yeah. the whole story there is that it gave people cancer later in life, like 20 years later. Because you're fucking with a really complex system that has been working for millions of years. And it's very arrogant to just start playing God and say that, oh, we can put 50 different concoctions in a person and it's gonna be fine. It isn't fine, you know, and especially if it is an RNA virus and people should know that and people should be more scared of that than they are a disease with a 99% survival rate. Cause so I don't we- think that vaccine will have a 99% survival no. rate. Would you would you go out to like anti-mask protests or anti-corona protests? Like, would that be something that you no. would do? No, you're more of well, an, I can't a, say no activist. Yeah, I think actually from the beginning, I've always felt that you can reach more people when they're at home, when they're engaged in something like this conversation, mm. as opposed to standing on a street corner and screaming about something. Yeah. You know, those people aren't receptive. And they aren't going to be around long enough to hear a message, which takes a while to deliver. Mm. It just seems abrasive. And I'm not really a big fan of that. Like, I like to be somewhat strategic and just, you know, you need a little bit of time with people. And you can connect them to the right resources and they can take their time and really dive in. But, you know, walking with a giant sign, you know, kill Dr. Fauci while people are eating a sandwich uh, isn't really going to get them in the right way. It's going to turn them off in that Alex Jones way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that going on in the way that they want to be filmed doing it so that the act that has been filmed ends up going viral. So they still want to use the power of the internet, but just have the the payoff or the joy of being able to do it in person and say that, you know, I was part of the resistance or whatever. It's it's a weird phenomenon, man. Like I feel as a conspiracy theory podcast and like as a as a, you know, an alternative thinker or whatever you call us now. Um I feel like I'm not doing enough, but also I don't want to do any more because I 
kind of don't believe it's going to go all the way to the end. And I'll probably be like, you know, when they're <laughs> when they're implementing the the vaccine ID and you're not allowed to get on planes or trains or you're not allowed to get in cars, you can't send your kids to school without these vaccine certificates and you know, you're you're trying to get into your the building that you work in, and you have to be like bloop, and like, you know, scan your positive vaccine ID and the chip in the back of your hand. Like, I definitely won't be doing that shit. But do I want to wait that long to start pushing back against it? I kind of don't want to like ruffle anybody's feathers right now because it's not changing my life. I I still stay at home mm. and I do my podcast, and I don't really go many places. I go to the supermarket and shit. I don't go to bars. I don't drink. Um, but later on, as life takes hold and you know, kind of circumstances change, you'll end up having to be going places that may be restricted from you if you don't partake in this system. And then by that stage, probably might be too late. So like, what do you see the future being like if we don't do anything? Yeah, that is a a scary future. I expect them to pump us with more and more fear, probably a level change with this thing. Like suddenly it's way worse than it was before. And again, if it is related to 5G, Well, that would make sense because they're putting up more and more towers. So if there's an outbreak at a school, I would want to know if they did any work on the electrical systems of that school recently. Mm. But I think it's going to get very scary and it's going to depend on how many people drink the Kool-Aid because with the climate change agenda, uh, there was a lot of resistance and it didn't, it kind of started to fizzle out at least when Trump pulled out of the, you know, Paris Accord, the whole thing. But what they wanted to accomplish with climate change is a lot of the same stuff that they're using coronavirus for. Coronavirus is just a lot scarier to people, so they gave up a lot more freedom. Do you think it was an incremental and, system that they had Greta out going like, you, how dare you? We want to, you want to keep the world to for us children. And everyone was like, shut the fuck up, Pippi Longstock. I'm like, who the fuck is you? A little bit. And then they went, okay, well, you didn't listen to Greta. You didn't try the soft approach. Bang, daddy's home. Yes. Here's this corona. Yeah. Do you think that's what it was? Uh, yeah, that I think that's a great summary for sure. And they're going to continue these things because you're now hearing stories about climate change lockdowns. They're like, look at all this data we gathered during the lockdown and how good it was for the environment. We should start doing climate change lockdowns every, like one week a month or whatever it is where everyone just stays home. I'm just not about this stuff. And uh, I do think it's important to to speak out about it because you know, what does the world look like? It's going to depend so much on the level of fear because this year I've navigated all right without my parents or a lot of my inner circle of friends looking at me like I'm a danger to them. But will that change when a vaccine comes out? Will that change if the, if the dial is amped up on the fear, double, triple what it is now? It could, uh, I could lose friends. I, what, like, what if you're approached by a friend who's like, dude, I I can't hang out with you unless you take that vaccine. I just don't feel comfortable. I would say, well, if you took it, then what the fuck does it matter? It's supposed to guard you against this. So that is going to be my first, um, my first line of defense, but it's going to be scary because I do think international travel definitely will be one of the first things to go. If you don't have that COVID passport, maybe travel within the United States, possibly, obviously, and you can get anywhere by car. They're talking about checkpoints. That's if the car at, won't start. Uh, if, it's an, if it's an electronic car and you have to do, you know, like that thing where you have to blow into the car when you're the court order alcoholic <laughs> and you have to be like, hey, blowing that for me so you can drive home. Yeah, yeah. you just, whoof, and you got the thing in your drive through. You don't have the antibodies, you can't go because otherwise you'd be um, getting people sick. Yeah. But uh, I worry about the fact that they might, 
try to tie in a digital dollar to this because Nancy Pelosi did have that in the first stimulus bill. Yeah. It's important to watch what makes it into the second one. And if they, if they create this situation where no one's really working because a lot of people lost their jobs, unemployment is at an all time high. Uh, then they say, well, we're going to give you a universal basic income because now people need that universal yes. basic income because they don't have any you. other choice. We're going to give it to you in Bitcoin. And to get it, you have to get that vaccine. So now they've got you in a position where you're really screwed. Also, if you have a job right now where you have to wear a mask, get ready because that job is going to make you get the vaccine too. So you have a little bit of time to change your life, to reorient your life to where you have the choice. And then I hope that you do the research and make the right one. I mean, whatever that is for you, I think the data is pretty clear that you can't trust Glasgow Smith-Klein. You cannot trust Johnson & Johnson. Pfizer, these are not people that have good track record track records. They make poisons. And also look into PCR testing. When people test positive for COVID, what does that really mean? You know, take a good hard look at the PCR test because the creator of it said you can't use it for these purposes. And I interviewed a guy, David Crow, who is very wise. He died earlier this year of uh, cancer, and he was a skeptic on how contagious these things are because he did a deep dive on AIDS and then he did a deep dive on SARS and he felt like he was looking at the same operation. So when this happened very early in March, he was like, this is the same thing. They, what a PCR test does is they take a sample, they put it in this machine, they amplify it a bunch of times, they spin it around and then they get a readout on the level in which you have, this certain marker that they're looking at, but they can control what that readout is based on the revolutions. So when SARS happened, they wanted it. To, they wanted cases to go up. They did 35 revolutions in the machine before they did a reading that amplifies it, you know, gets collects more and more and more. And then if you pass the threshold, that's a positive case. So they did the same thing with coronavirus. And if you do it at a less revolutions, the same person will test negative and, there's a lot of people talking about this, and I would hope that people really do a deep dive on the PCR test because it is, a, it is not like a pregnancy test. It is not like a binary yes or no. They're taking genetic material, mixing it up with other things, amplifying it, spinning it around in a, in a centrifuge, and collecting a little bit of data each time it spins around. So the more they of it they collect and read, the higher level you will have of this thing in your test results. So obviously I'm not a doctor, uh, but I am asking people to actually research the doctors who are looking at PCR tests. Dr. Tom Cowan is a good one. Uh, Dr. Andrew Kaufman thinks they are exosomes, which is a theory that's pretty popular. And there was a a scientist at the National Institute of Health who gave a, a presentation about viruses being exosomes before any of this happened. And obviously now they're, they're not putting that at the front of their website, but there's an argument to be made that when people get sick and then you look at them, you look at their genetic material under a microscope, you see this thing. You're like, that's the cause of their illness. That's what germ theory says. They say, here's a weird thing in their body. And this person has it too. They're both sick. This is the cause. But the exosome theory would say that that is uh, something that your immune system produces to take out toxins from your body or to push toxins away from uh, import, 
like vital organs and yeah. stuff. It's like and that, that so French cartoon. I think that's in the mix. Once upon a time, life. Have you ever watched that? Where they have the little, the little things that live inside of your body and all the the white blood cells that fly around in little spaceships and shit like that. Did you ever see that cartoon when you were a young kid? I'm unfamiliar, but I, I'll send it I mean, on it to you. It sounds like what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Then they have the 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 <laughs> the viruses come into the body and they're all like, <laughs> and they strangely kind of look like like and they kind of look like black people to be honest, coming into the thing. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> we're gonna fucking play something. Hey, you over there. And then they have the guys shooting the shooting the vaccines and stuff. It gives a great visual as to how um, the body is defending itself. A lot of people don't understand or don't want to know how to, how they get sick because they'd be so paranoid about getting sick the whole time another person yes. wants to know so badly that they get sick all the time they're hypochondriac or whatever um with this corona the fear in it is making people run down depressed insomniac which lower their immune system which means that they get little bit sicker if you get a flu symptom which can come from just being run down or a bad diet and we're all stuck at home eating loads of carbs and fucking not moving very much because we can't go anywhere uh, a lot of that ends up in flu-like symptoms they go get checked like you said they put it in the centrifuge and spin it that extra few times to get their their readout but like for your reading list you'll be able to give me a reading list i can share with my people right have you got, we can. Absolutely. Okay, well, we'll do that. We'll put that in the notes and we'll see if we can get some things uh, uh, into your into your eyeballs and earballs. But uh, as, as far as how this is going to go forward, holy shit, look at them getting all the books, look. Look at hell. Uh, <laughs> uh, as far as. Not a small stack. Yeah, fucking hell. It's four foot of books he just pulled out. So um, that's why I say the contagion myth is one of the best because it uh, is not that crazy thick. Yeah, it's it's reasonable. You read that? There are a lot of shits. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And another great one because when you go down this rabbit hole, there starts to be a lot of questions like, well, what was the the black foot, the black plague? You know, what what was the Spanish flu? What was this? What was that? Well. I mean, there is an alternative to every one of those situations, and they're all pretty damn interesting. Uh, so that is in this book, What Really Makes You Ill, Don Luster, David Parker. And in both of these cases, these are people that I interviewed. So if you prefer podcasts, I would say definitely try to listen to those. And as you know, the way my show is formatted is the first hour is free. The second hour is for subscribers. Uh-huh. So I... I think this issue is important enough that I do on all these interviews I've been doing lately want to give a coupon code. So if you use the coupon code Gordo, you will get a free week of plus and you can get in there and there's there's no barrier of entry. You can download the MP3s and then let your, uh, you know, cancel it within a week. And then you keep all those MP3s. I don't pull them away like some services do, Mm. but I think this stuff is pretty important. And uh, I would recommend that, People check out these books. Virus Mania is another one. Uh, pretty easy title to remember. And these but are all relatively they're, new, they're, new publications, are they? Uh, this one's been, you know, you see coronavirus on the title. They, re, they re-put this out this yeah. year once all this happened. But I saw, I saw those, the, those people taking pictures of Lysol bottles and it said coronavirus. People were like, oh, it was planned. They knew about this shit all along. It's like mm-hmm. coronavirus is not a new thing. It's See, for everything that you, that, that not you, but for everything that one might say, there's another piece of information that will contradict that thing, you know? Like, yes, it's very hard. Like, if you want to find something that'll, that'll agree with the way you think, 
you'll be able to find it, um, be it right or wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? It's right. it's just exactly. like where the thing that all that, that I always fall to because I, I I you know I don't want to get into fucking does five G cause it and is it like. Uh, uh, evaporating the oxygen molecules in your lungs and all this kind of shit as well as the fact that if you mention 5G or David Icke or Alex Jones or anybody on any of these mainstream sites on YouTube or Twitch or Twitter you're flagged or you're gone like they they removed like 400 channels from YouTube uh, uh, in the last week and a half you know top level Mm -hmm. like million subscriber channels as well as the email addresses associated with them just like okay you're you know undesirable bye bye and you're gone right where the thing that I want to know is like, where's it going to go and why? Who is behind it? Like, who who would benefit the most from it? Like, follow the money or whatever. But also, how bad can it get? Like, in my mind, what you were describing there five six minutes ago about not being able to go anywhere and your friends coming over to you and saying, "Hey, listen, Greg, I can't hang out with you, bro. You uh, you're unclean." Um, and uh, we're we're just gonna go to the bar and you can't come because you're not allowed into the bar. Number one, and number two, like we kind of don't want to get infected by you. It's kind of like AIDS in the nineties or whatever. Like people didn't understand it, but also it sounds a lot like the Sesame Points plan from like communist China, where you have a point social score system, point right, system where right. if you hang or if somebody's like caught drunk and disorderly, or if somebody um baits the shit at their wife and the cops are called and they come around and. You're like, oh, were you fucking giving your wife the old fucking bang zoom straight to the moon? Um, you lose points if you are low in productivity in your job. You lose points if you if you overtake on the inside of you speed in your car. You don't pay your tax or you don't, you know, if you fucking any kind of social transgressions, you're losing points. And then the people around you, your best mates, your family if they continue to hang out with you because you're being tracked the whole time, if they continue to fraternize with you and and enable your bad behavior, they start to lose points as well. So it's kind of a, a, an impetus, a motivation for them to encourage you to do better because the mere presence of you in their company is losing them the points. And like, that's, that's like Stalinist Russia, Stasi, Germany. That's like, the perfect control mechanism where it's not like you have somebody worrying about themselves in their own head, but also their inner circle is also kind of nudging them towards compliance for their own sake. They're like, oh, Jesus, okay. Greg is after after having that seventh beer. Like, he's going to fucking kick off now. Hey, Greg, come here. Let's not get you arrested tonight. Come on, you want to come home? And you're like, no, I'm fucking... When when I'm out, I'm out. Get your hands off of me. And he's like, boo, 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 boo. Everyone's points going down around you because all the other people in the bar are, like, doing the fucking Black Mirror, like, judgment from across the room and shit like that. Like, I can see it going like that. I can see it going like Demolition Man, you know? Um... Everybody shakes hands and they do this thing where they shake hands like this. They don't actually touch. No one's allowed to touch. Uh, everyone is completely like, it, uh, what, what would you call it? Effeminately uh, uh, non-confrontational. There's no such right. thing as people who break the laws. And then like Wesley Snipes come back and goes, y'all don't break the laws around here. And he just gets to do <laughs> what he wants. And, and everyone has been so conditioned to not step out of line socially that he just can take over or whatever. Um and strangely enough, Lenina Huxley, who Sandra Bullock plays, it's the first name of the main character in A Brave New World, uh, Lenina Crown, 
and Aldous Huxley is the guy who wrote it. So Lenina Huxley, it's like if right. Brave New World was allowed to continue on into the future, it'd end up like Demolition Man. We were wiping your ass with three seashells. But I do think that that's what's coming, a sanitized, non-contact, right. uh, profaneless, because they weren't allowed to, to curse, remember? He went up and he was like, right. I mean, you four flush you your not- motherfucking <laughs> piece of fucking shit. John Spartan, you've been fined three credits for the uh, contravenance of the moral act or whatever it is and he pulls the paper right. out to wipe his arse away so like you're not allowed to swear you're not allowed to say retard or cunt or anything like that on twitter you get you know banned for 24 hours or seven days you can't talk about certain things on youtube like that's what they're creating is a society of compliance it is man and that's why i can't you know to say that you don't want to resist it's like if you really do truly believe that this is where it's going how can you not yeah I know, you, but like, that's, that's why I say a lot of people, you know, even though they, they seem to know where it's going or they, they speak as if like, it's pretty clear, this is the roadmap, then it is time to resist because this is a level change that we've never seen before. This individualized control, this digital surveillance grid, the social crediting, which will be, if you don't have the vaccine, you are a pariah. Well, you have the tracking system now on your phone is built into the iOS and it's built into Android. Right. You just flip a switch and you're being tracked all the time. But as if we weren't, as if we didn't know we were being tracked anyway. Like Snowden told us that shit. True. You fucking mention anything and it shows up in your Instagram ads 20 minutes later. Like we know this stuff and we slowly accept it because it's convenient. And now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with fear implanted deep in our our minds for our loved ones, it's like, you know, in fucking the green miles, like they kill them with their love, boss. You know this thing? It's like uh, mm-hmm. you tell one little girl, it's like, if you make a noise, I'll kill her. <gasps> like, kill them with they love. Like, it's fucking, uh, you, you know, you're held hostage by your sure. by the love you have for the people around you. That's kind of how I feel yes. now. I'm, I'm, I'm like, well, I don't want to fight and I don't want to push back and I don't, there's other things to be talking about. There's other ways to show it without, like, hitting it straight on and going, like, is coronavirus bullshit? Well, I mean... There's a load of well, other shit I, that's bullshit that's showing, it's like symptomatic of yes. what coronavirus is doing without attacking it head on. We're pretty lucky that we can use the mainstream data in this case and make a, a pretty good argument that there's nothing to worry about if you aren't, you know, uh, immunocompromised yeah. or very old. Even the mainstream data, you don't have to dip into the alternative to even get that case made. And that's a beautiful thing for us strategically. But I do think this will change and they might release something else later that is way more deadly because with these control measures, they've been so successful. I do not think they're going to let it go. 9-11 wasn't the only terrorist attack, Yeah, you know, either. So uh, I do think there will be more. And we are wise to try to find the people we love the most and get them at least on our page a little bit to at least allow us to be ourselves while we can, because the fear will come and we have a good idea that it is coming worse than it already has. And so strategically we need to approach our parents, our loved ones and, and give them these books, like at least introduce them to some of this stuff in a methodical way, whatever way you think is best to approach them, which isn't, you know, completely uh, brute force and, and make your cases now because it's going to get more and more difficult to do so, I think. And 
Uh, I'm pretty comfortable with what I've been able to do in my inner circle, but at the same time, who knows to what level, to what degree the control clamp down will really happen. But a lot of people I know are still thinking this is temporary. And I, I I think that that it's uh, a little scary to think like that because in March, I don't think people thought we would be dealing with this on Christmas. And so you can keep saying, oh, well, it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone. Yeah. It, it might not be. It's it a, might not it's a be. So frog, pre- yeah. Right. Prepare for it to not be gone. Prepare for it to get worse. And we'll do a happy dance if it changes. But I, yeah. I'm not convinced. Without without talking so, without talking inside baseball, like I've talked to a few people in a certain uh, a few different industries that are like big money, big um, turnover. And they're saying like, yeah, in April and May, we started planning to be back up and running in 12 months time, 2021. And in the last few weeks, I talked to people and they're like, yeah, so we're going to move that on until 2022. uh, And we don't know if, we don't know if like 2022 is going to be long enough. And we don't know if we'd be able to stay in business long enough to execute that in 2022. But we are not going to set up like a soft launch for summer 2021 and have to move everything again because it's going to cost us three times as much then because it's already cost us twice as much to move it. So it's like people are like big business are prepping for that shit. Um, like you said, cryptocurrency, <sighs> digital currency. Uh, I remember in like 2002 or three downloading these videos, there was like these torrent files. I think Mark Passio put up this. Uh, did you see that link? Mm-hmm. It's like the, the the ultimate guide to everything. There's something like that that was going around on the on the the p2p servers uh like 2003 or 2004 and i got this one video and it was all like really badly produced like 2003 like windows movie maker video and it was like the mark of the beast 666 he who has he who does not bear the mark cannot buy or sell and it was like you know they were threatening on putting implants in the hand and that's 17 years ago now man and I'm thinking, like, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, 17 years is not that long. Like, those motherfuckers will wait 17 years and go, like, yeah, we'll just wait until technology catches up and we'll figure out a way to do it. And, like, mobile phones have come along now. They've become ubiquitous and people are paying to have their credit cards in the phones to scan them and shit. And so, you know, the Apple Pay and, like, you get the, you know, if you don't get your virus, if you don't get your virus uh, uh, certificate, then your Apple Pay doesn't work. But your Apple Pay is linked to a bank account that you never be able to touch cash money again. And then your bank account mm-hmm. doesn't work. Like it's happening for uh, PayPal are cutting off a load of people. Patreon cut off a few people. YouTube are cutting. Like it's, uh, the more we rely on the digital realm and the more that we try to rebel against the system that controls the digital realm, the more that they'll be able to get rid of the bad actors by just going, okay, well, we can't shoot you like they used to do in Soviet Russia. Just bring you out and shoot you and then like paint over paint over the photographs to make it look like you never stood beside Stalin ever uh, they'll just go right. like boom you're gone you're deleted from the internet you have no bank account uh, you have no way of receiving any income like good luck out to the wasteland yeah. actually, you know I think about this stuff because clearly uh, I'm all in on my show and I'm <laughs> unhirable in the regular world now because I am yeah. so committed to this and so I consider these things but the reality is that you just have to avoid letting one of these corporate middlemen get between you and your people. Um, I have a Patreon, but the vast majority of my subscriptions are through my own website mm. that I maintain. And uh, I 
don't really care if YouTube were to kick me off. I've got 70,000 subscribers there and the show goes up there, the free hour. It helps to promote like getting people back into the, the plus. But if it goes away, the majority of people are subscribers through an RSS feed. I've never heard of anybody like losing their RSS feed Alex entirely. He lost his RSS feed. He, he, well, I mean, he, he lost his website, but yeah. who knows who is controlling all that? Yeah. You know, go with companies who don't have a history of making those kind of decisions. Plus I'm suspect of Alex Jones already. So either he outlived his usefulness or they wanted to give a warning shot to the alternative community. So they took him down first, but just control your systems. It's not that hard. Control your systems as best you can. Pornhub has a credit card processor. If I have to, I will go to the CD third world credit card processors used by porn companies and credit cards will still get processed. You that's might not thing. have a PayPal and that's okay. I don't fucking need PayPal. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the uh, electronic technological innovation always has porn as it's like, you know, the front of a, of, a, of the icebreaker ship, like is that kind yeah. of, that snowplow of innovation that always has porn at the front of it, man, the sharpest blade. That's yes, the whole that, HD DVD versus Blu-ray thing. Of that's course, why we man. have Blu-rays Of today. course, that's it, man. You got to see them pussy lips up close. Um, can I ask you, you've said Alex Jones two times, like what do you think about him just off the top of your head? Like what do you think is going on? And maybe like what do you think is going on with Joe Rogan and Spotify at the moment? If you don't want to talk shit, that's cool, but... I think if you go back to the pre-internet world, there were really only two venues for alternative thought, Coast to Coast AM and Alex Jones. Coast to Coast AM fills it with so many commercial breaks on these conservative radio stations, you can't ever really get that deep. And Alex Jones yells over every guest he has. So I feel like they were doing a really good job of keeping the conversation from going too deep within these platforms, but it's controlled opposition in my opinion, because in the pre-internet world, you had to have permission to be that person. Yeah. Alex Jones was that person. You had to be vetted, so, yeah. Yeah, so I think that he's either... And, and I don't think that they always have to be in the same meeting. I think sometimes they allow a useful idiot out there because they assess his personality and they assess the way he approaches things and they make a calculated decision that it will turn off more people than it will turn on. And I think that's a, a calculated decision they made with Alex Jones. I mean, I, I don't think he's that genuine. Look at, have you seen his house? I mean, how many people does he really want to help out there? Yeah. So he's all, also said he's a performance artist. So I've never met him. There's definitely been interviews he's done and long form things where I'm like, actually, maybe he's not so bad. Um, but I'm also prone to, I can take a lot when it comes to characters, you know, really uh, radical types of types of personalities. They don't bother me like they bother other people. So I try to assess like, how would my aunts and uncles and, and just uh, other people I know feel about Alex Jones? And they all have the same opinion that yeah. he's batshit crazy and he screams a lot. Well, uh, I think that's by design. So when I try to approach them with my personality th to these topics and the way, you know, I talk a lot more calmly, uh, not that I'm perfect by any means, but uh, I think that if the, if you're right, then you should be able to, like the, the data should be able to handle the pressure. So I'm willing to be like, well, let's ask some difficult questions. Let's really look at this and see how it stands up. And I would argue that most of my guests are giving more truth than 
billion dollar corporations that say they are, you know, mainstream news organizations. And I'm just little old me. And I feel like we are so much closer to the truth on a full range of subjects. And that should be embarrassing to the establishment that has way more resources. If, if of course that truth was what they were trying to get at, but Alex Jones too, I just think he is controlled opposition. I think coast to coast was a little controlled opposition. There are things that they dare not say for, for sure. And, you know, uh, as far as Joe Rogan's concerned, I just think that, you know, do what you want to do. And some people, they, they're just looking for a hundred, hundred million dollars is a safe bet. But at the same time, you put one of these corporate middlemen between you and your listeners, and it hasn't gone super well. There are 50 episodes missing. There are people who, uh, they've lost their trust in Joe Rogan and they feel like he's lost his credibility I would say he doesn't owe you anything really. Yeah. And he's allowed to take a hundred million dollar yeah. offer because he built something and fuck it. He's going to get out of Dodge and he has a right to do that. If he wants to interview Miley Cyrus in 2020, as if we don't have enough serious issues going on, he can do that. And I, I really don't have anything bad to say about it. It's just his choice, but uh, it's not the choice that I would make. I I've been trying to interview people who are uh, relevant to the decisions we're going to have to make in the next few years. And if he was serious about, you know, standing up for freedom or being a freedom advocate uh, for the rest of us, I feel like he would interview some of these same people too. Do you think he's not he being allowed? Do you think he's being like pro- forbidden to, to interview those people? The 50 it's shows possible. that are missing are very telling, like the ones that are gone. The Milo Yiannopoulos and the Alex Jones and the Gavin McGuinness and these kind of people, the non, uh, uh, the unmentionables, you know, the, the, the non-welcomed um online people you know it's yeah and it seems silly to me because if a podcast is five years old the damage is done like the audience has heard it it seems a little goofy but uh i I wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if i don't want to smoke like spotify don't want to smoke they had of course not they had staff that were willing to walk out and go on strike so if you have like people milo yiannopoulos saying that shit that he said on that show or gavin mcginnis while like Twitter have have them banned, like there's a lot of l- social justice inside those companies that those people who yes. make those decisions, like the Twitter hack from a couple of months ago, showed the dashboard that Jack denied in front of the House Oversight Committee. Um, Jack Dorsey denied that that Twitter were actually uh, um, censoring anybody based on any kind of criteria. And 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 the, and a fucking dashboard showed up, and it was all like shadow ban you know, unban, uh, lifetime ban, like blacklist, like I had all the little things and all the buttons, like people got hacked, all the fucking DMs from a load of like, I think, what was it, a hundred blue check, top level blue check people, including like Chrissy Teigen and Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, John Podesta, all of their DMs were all taken out of Twitter. They got in at the deepest level and nobody is talking about it. Nobody has talked about it since. It was big, big news that week. But those motherfuckers like found some shit there. They found some shit there. And they were compromised. And I think Spotify, those people going on strike to try and get Joe Rogan to fall in line, did they know what they were buying even? Did they know that it was going to be... Like, they made billions in valuation when the stock went up when they announced Joe Rogan's partnership. I'm sure Joe got a chunk of that. He got paid in some stock or whatever, as well as his 100 million. Or some of his even close buddies were saying it was more than 100 million. Because the 100 million is just a, a, a guesstimate, really. So, like... For the people who want to believe the true believers, if he's able to just advertise for fucking brain pills and make a ball of money, 
his integrity is is more intact like what do you think about being a conspiracy theory podcast host and one of the best and one of the like you're the fucking new art bell right um one of the best in the game longest running like best guest roster hands down fucking olympic gold right Thanks. Thanks. your butt is real clean now right but like it's <laughs> yeah. not it's not it's not shenanigans like this is real facts Right. And you do the research, you, you you read the books, you're not spoofing, you're not fucking just following along, nodding your head, like you, 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 you know, you get into it. I heard you fighting with Stephen Greer, fucking Marcus of Queensbury, <laughs> you were just like, Stephen, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Imaginary yeah. aliens, like, yeah. but it's for money, Stephen. He's like, now listen, Greg, listen, yeah, it's for fucking money, bro. You're doing this shit for money. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, why now is there such a demand for the integrity of podcasters? People are like, I trusted you, man, and you don't align with my beliefs now because like you've evolved, you've changed, you've learned. I find that sometimes I get these messages, not often, from very few, but it feels like a lot of people who are like, dude, you changed, you used to be cool, and now like you believe a different thing. I mean, how can you not expect somebody who's dealing with all this information, doing as much reading and as much documentary watching and as much like conversations like this with people who are in the know? Like you can only you can only stay the same so much if these people are giving you this new information and you don't change. There's something wrong with you. You're on the spectrum then. Like there's something something wrong if you don't change your mind. If you're steadfast mm-hmm. enough in your beliefs, like there's something not right there. What do you think this new wave of like conspiracy integrity is and how are we going to move past it as like i guess what would you call us vanguards for truth like i'm not a fucking i'm not like a a war a truth warrior i'm a podcaster who makes dick jokes about conspiracy theory stuff but like it seems because the following has come in that there's this like obligation to maintain some kind of like integrity of truth and i do try to do that but not like to this unattainable level of uh uh you know gandhi-esque uh, from purity like what do you think about how yeah. what people expect of you as a, as a conspiracy theorist guy well i've always tried to say when this kind of subject comes up that i've tried to design my show where you don't even really have to like me i'm doing 20 percent of the talking and the guest is doing 80 percent. if you like the guests that's kind of you know all that really matters if you like my choice of guest selection then that's kind of the most important thing obviously then you why are you listening at all but i try to help guests make the best case for their position. So it really isn't about me. It is not really about my beliefs necessarily. Um, and I've tried to, to craft the show that way. So when people get super skeptical of me, then there's always something like, I guess I didn't realize at the beginning that once I started to do, uh, do well, I would get a lot of criticism. I mean, I should have known, but I guess I just wasn't that worried about it. A great example is this uh, image right here. Uh, I consider it to be pretty clear parody. I don't think a Freemason would appreciate the clock reading 420 <laughs> and there being alien heads and Octopus. DNA through there. And me replacing the G for, for God with THC as if I am some kind of God or my show is worthy of that status. Like That's a clear parody, a mockery, but yet people say, oh, why do you use a Freemason symbol? As if it would be that easy. As if yeah. life is as simple as like, oh, I must identify myself. No, it's like do a deep dive on on me and my family and no one has ever even known anyone who has any power. You know, my dad's an accountant, my mom's a housewife and I built this thing on the internet and it's still pretty fringe. You know, it's still, I'm not getting offered a hundred million dollars from Spotify for sure. But, you know, uh, 
there is this new integrity type of thing going on as if everybody doesn't do everything they do for money. I've always hated that in the alternative world that, oh, well, he just wrote a book. He's trying to make a book. Well, who isn't? Yeah, that's you know, what the I'm talking about. That, right, the people that you listen to on CNN, they're not doing that as a public service. They're making millions of dollars. The books that you read, you know, the, where you get your facts, I guarantee you those people are making money as well. So yeah. I never liked that criticism that we're not allowed to make money. That's so I try to align my money making with what I consider to be uh, a, a, a truth quest, I guess. I don't even like the term truther because we can't be yeah. right all the time. Yeah. But at the same, uh, it is a truth quest in the sense that we try on a lot of different ideas and let the best ideas win. And that's why after months and months, I, I feel like the best idea in this case is terrain theory. And I would also say if you ask, if you look at a medical book from 30 years ago, they would say there's no good bacteria. We know that's not true. Yeah. We know they never had the gut biome conversation back then. And there's also a virome in our body. So there are trillions of, well, there's at least thousands, hundreds of thousands of viruses in your body right now. And we don't know what 90% of them do. But yeah. if they want people to isolate getting, one little thing, people getting fecal right. implants and shit to try and kickstart their virome and biome and putting other right. people's poop. But we in. do know that the, the gut bi the gut biome is a big factor in mm. your health, and yeah. that is based on the nutrition you take in, and this is how robust your immune system will be. But yet the news is just saying there's no solution but masks and vaccines and being closed, and that should tell you something because the culture was already getting to that place where we were talking about epigenetics. We were talking about, you know, the, the power of really taking your health by, by the reins. And it just seems like that whole conversation got forgotten as soon as coronavirus panic set in. And then we all thought, well, we're just, it's like a coin flip. It is like getting struck by lightning. There's just bullets flying around out there. And I'm either yeah. going to catch one or I'm not, there's nothing I can do. It's not true. Uh, most of the vitamins that are best to get are in uh, bone broths from grass-fed animals and the organs. Well, those are the things we throw away. So your vitamin K, a lot of people aren't getting much of it. Uh, most people aren't getting vitamin D either from the sun. They're not out there. So the immune system, high-quality water, structured water, a uh, fair amount of sunlight, and good-quality animal products – we, we don't have access to that in a lot of cases. So no wonder a lot of us are, are very close to being sick already. And then you inject that fear and that gets 10,000, 20,000 people in your state to end up at the hospital because they've convinced themselves they're sick. The PCR test is also a big scam. And the, so, rest, the rest of the well, stuff like mental health issues, people are being on furlough or unemployed and they're at home, they're drinking a bunch, they're fucking doing drugs at home sleeping too much, reversing their sleeping patterns, binge-watching telly, sedentary lifestyle. You know, they're getting inflamed. Like, right. I'd love to see the chart about, like, hemorrhoids, you know, across America over the last nine months. How many people have got hemorrhoids? How many people that... Uh, that's a that's a joke suggestion. I bought a bidet. Follow... <laughs> Uh, I'm good. As if you don't have lads like me cleaning your arsehole enough, no? Mm -hmm. uh, Got to wear that mask in between licks, though. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like, uh, before we go then, right, I want to ask you, and then you might not want to answer it, what do you think is going to happen after the election? Because this is going to be going out just before the election. 
Trump v. Biden. Yeah. There's some shit gone down in the last while. We won't spend too long on it because I know you got uh, you got life to life to live over there. Hunter Biden's well, laptop got found. Rudy Giuliani got caught by Borat, and it seems to be a massive thing when it's actually not a big thing at all. Um, right. Hunter Biden's like another slice of the pizza coming out here. Uh, pictures of his dick are being shared around the place. Like it's massive, massive scandal that's being uh, uh, kind of underplayed. Biden's gone into hiding now for nine days until the election. He'll come out at the election day. Um, Trump got corona. Everyone was like, can't wait till he dies. And you're like, he's the fucking president. And as well as all of this BLM, the resist movement, all of this uh, anti-Trump rhetoric, SNL being basically like a, a Biden promotional tool, what do you think is going to happen if Trump wins? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen if Biden wins? Like, what's your predictions? Knowing what you know, after talking to the people that you've talked to, uh, I know you have people like Whitney Webb and stuff on the show, and I hope they get, uh, get her on, on this show as well to have a chat with her. Like, what do you yeah. think is going to happen in, well, the next, in the next 12 months, either, either winner? I'm definitely not a Q person. I feel okay. like a big section of the conspiracy world has been co-opted to trust the president, which I thought was conspiracy 101, that we we think presidents are uh, selected, not elected, and everything's yeah. controlled, and it's a false choice. And all of a sudden, uh, somehow they got a lot of conspiracy theorists to think otherwise. So I'm not a fan of Trump. I think he's got a record of treating workers like shit, you know, uh, selling a name as if it's worth more than it is. I don't like him as a person at all. But what I'm concerned about, obviously, most is this COVID operation and how it's going. And if you listen to Harris and Biden, they will tell you in their world, mandatory masks everywhere. Yeah. In their world, the vaccine is getting rolled out for free and it's going to be at CVS and everyone is going to be taking it. So, that's kind of my number one issue right now. And I would hate to say, like, I'm still not going to vote for Trump because I do feel like uh, you are karmically connected to what you've signed off on. So I will do what I was going to do anyway and, and vote third party. I'm also in California, so who really gives a shit? Yeah. But Biden winning scares me quite a bit because of that. And it, it's like I want my president right now to be like, I don't fucking care. I'm not wearing masks. I'm interacting with people, you know, by the hundreds and thousands all the time. And I had coronavirus. It was no big deal. I'm fine. You know, that's the, that's the, the person I want at the head of the table right now, honestly, yeah. is to have that worldview because, you know, the Q people, I think they're a little right in the fact that there have been waves and waves of operations thrust against Trump since he took office, the Russia thing, the impeachment. There's always like this new thing they're trying to stick on him instead of running the country, instead of doing anything to help people it is just infighting between the two camps. And it's probably just a stage show. Yeah. Yes. But this particular operation worries me a lot. And I think that if Biden wins, we are going to be getting a lot more of that control and that's going to make Trump people go off the handle, and they are the ones who are the most armed. And I think no matter what happens in this election, may, a lot of people won't trust the integrity of it. And I don't trust the integrity of it, but I also didn't the last two, three, four elections either. Yeah. So it's not really a surprise to me. But people who have been trusting the integrity are not going to this time. And it could get quite scary. I have pretty much not covered the election because it is just a giant circus, and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. But uh, the one guest I do have 
that it's kind of a routine guest I have booked a week after because I feel like at least the first week is going to be useless to talk about. Like we're going to have to wait at least a week, probably December or January before we know who won the election. I said November 30th Ma- uh, by the time all the posting votes and all are counted and they, they can declare then officially 30th November unless it's a massive, massive landslide on the 3rd of November. Well, yeah, I don't think it will be. So I, I know a lot of people don't like Trump. And so they want to see someone like with a cooler head, I guess a a different, a different type of personality. Come on, man. And I do think, yeah, I mean, I do think that there is something to be said about really what is the president except a puppet and a figurehead for children to show them like what we appreciate. And so when you have Obama, at least, you know, he looks like a person who is well-educated, who, uh, it's like teaches young kids on a base, simple level that, yeah, you work hard, be smart, and you can achieve something. And I don't really like the message that Trump represents. I don't think that that's the example that a lot of young people should be seen. But, you know, that's just that's one one simple layer of the onion. And it's not really as important as this new thing that has emerged anymore. So I think the the election's a little overhyped. If you didn't have a television, would you even know the president changed every four to eight years? Probably not. Uh, I think that the, the scariness of Trump has definitely been overhyped, and the real fear is Biden winning. I mean, I can't really say much about Hunter Biden. He's not running for president. No. I mean, know them by the company they keep, of course, and that is your son. So if you raised a weird, creepy son. What does that say about you? But also, uh, apparent, also- allegedly, like a Hunter and, and, and the rest of them were all making money and like kicking kicking it up the up the up the ladder yeah. to the big guy so they were like but that's nothing new no it's not but obviously joe has uh some the, the, the argument is that joe biden has stuff on him that he can be compromised on by foreign nations and they said the same about trump and then they tried to investigate it and they found that that was not the case but like they didn't have anything as concrete as this laptop from hell with emails on it and figures and receipts and mm-hmm. like direct communication and people are fucking named in it like the most they had for Trump was the steel dossier, which prompted the Russiagate and Bruce Orr and Peter Strzok uh, and Hillary Clinton even were, were involved in like fabricating that whole thing. That's the piss dossier for those that don't remember where mm-hmm. prostitutes pissed on Donald Trump while he was on the Obama's uh, bed in Moscow. Uh, uh, it just makes no sense that um, people would give shit to people for saying like, well, look at Trump is better than Biden. It's like, oh my God, how can you like Trump? Like, Think about, mm-hmm. and I know you were you were even doing this show like um, when this was happening, almost like two thousand and what two thousand and eleven. You started this two thousand twelve, two thousand ten. It started, but two thousand eleven is probably where it got serious. Yeah, I remember listening to it from like late two thousand eleven, early two thousand twelve. Right, um, when it was when it wasn't just you at the start. I fucking remember them shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and as, as you know, HQ it is hard to have people be as dedicated as you are. You know, it's hard to keep people as motivated and dedicated. And so it is easier a lot of times to go it alone. Yeah, uh, that's the thing. Um, but like even back in those days, you remember the Occupy movement from 2010 and 11. Like all of those people together were like, let's resist. Let's push back. Let's show them that we won't. You know, uh, uh, it was an Independence Day. Let's show them we won't, we won't go down without a fight. We won't go into the night. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Like those motherfuckers inspired people. Right. Like, and I know there were a bunch of crusties and smoking ditch weed and uh, you know in tents on Wall Street. 
but it's fucking showed the world like that there are a bunch of people who will just like check out and dig their heels in and fuck up the system if if needs be and those people were all pushing in the same direction and to be honest like my own internal compass was pushing with them and going yeah like fuck that shit that you don't like there and turn the clocks forward then 10 years (laughs) and you have a bunch of people who are holding resist signs who support mainstream media who support authoritative authoritarian governments who support like full control uh you know military intervention they're trying to get rid of the police but then they're willing to police themselves and we have what turns out to be like Chaz and Chop, which turned out to be some kind of weird fucking crusty communist gulag type right. situation, right? Where they're like, well, we'll, we'll, we'll police ourselves. And there's 27 shootings and 500 rapes. And you're like, well, I think you guys need the police or at least somebody who knows what they're doing. It just seems like that the fucking, the people holding the signs that say resist have just turned around and, they, and they're starting to face the other way just because of who Trump is as a single person. And I haven't since George Bush Jr. seen such like a a vitriolic, personal, very pinpointed hatred towards like a political figure. Like they thought George W. Bush ran the whole show and he was the one that started all the wars and he was, you know. And I get get a lot of shit for going like, oh, you're a fucking Trump supporter. I'm like, I'm not a Trump supporter. But the things that he stands for and the stuff that happened while he was the president, whoever is behind him, if he is a puppet, Whoever's behind him, whoever's pushing those buttons are making it very difficult for what we'd call like the dark cabal and the deep state and yeah. the, 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 the usual right. Illuminati-esque evil machinations behind the scenes to do their, their dirty dealings. I think that if he hadn't become president and Hillary had of, we'd be in a really dark place right now. We might not have coronavirus, but we'd definitely right. be in like a, a, a Sesame Points system, like super heavy control and we'd have all of the fucking trans rights and Roe v. Wade would be put into like a wonderful glass box and we'd all throw tampons at it in celebration every Friday afternoon or whatever. It's just those things aren't enough to buy off everybody. Those platitudes, those social uh, box ticking, it's not enough to buy everyone off. People want jobs, they want money, they want to live their life, they want freedom. And I think, like, without being a QAnon dude, like, Trump seems to be hacking away at the roots of the tree that all of that evil shit was grown from. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. you know, yeah, I would say he hasn't started any before, wars. He's trying to, he obviously yeah, bullshits that's about, like, be my point. the economy is the greatest since ever. Black unemployment is at a high well before Corona because obviously everyone lost their jobs. But up until that, we were doing right. fine. And, like, they personally lay the 220,000 lives lost from corona at, at trump's feet it's like it's not, it's not his fucking fault man no no just not too much emphasis given on the president it just seems like with whenever a, with a trump virus, is involved, what can you do yeah like and, and then he goes when they say that he goes well it could have been two million joe if it was you it would have been two million okay i i mm-hmm. i know it's two hundred thousand. it's a lot it's too many okay it's too many but it could have been more but that's almost like right. saying like i punched you in the stomach could have been in the face but it was in the stomach okay uh, it, it doesn't make any sense how they handle him and while trying to handle him they miss all the fucking rotten shit that's going on on the other side do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I think the Democrats My- are really nasty 
not great people and their motivations and their his, their historical record. As you say, like I look back at the history, the historical record is not good for these people. Biden particularly. No. And everyone is just discounting that because they just don't want a Trump in in power for four more years as if it's going to be a terrible thing. Like, do you think there'll be a civil war? Do you think that people will riot in the streets if he's elected again? Will they charge the White House like they tried to do during the summertime and the National Guard had to come out and hold hold the line? Do you think it'll be like a, a Nixon type thing where they'll, they'll, they'll sit out in the White House lawn for <laughs> two months singing John Lennon songs? Like, What's going to happen to America 2021? Well, I do think it will be chaos. And I'm hoping if, you know, of course, if Biden wins, it will be COVID agenda will go through. We will be back in the international climate accords and that will start going through. There won't be any resistance there. And, you know, like you'd brought up before Trump, my biggest issue, you know, coming of age after 9-11 and seeing us go build the American empire around the world was no more new wars. And with Trump, I got that essentially. I mean, there's always going to be little dust ups and maybe he fell for a little propaganda here and there, but there were no new crazy globalist wars. That to me is a big deal. Uh, But obviously now this new layer and it's like all those things would be worse under a Biden presidency. And yes, I think they're both just figureheads for, uh, cabals that have been running for a long time. And I think that there are uh, different corporations in charge of both, but there's a giant Venn diagram over things that they both that are, they're aligned on. And they generally are things that we'll never make progress on. Like it's always just keep the poor, poor They're The common man is generally the enemy and they'll just keep tossing the football back and forth. But yeah, there probably will be, some civil war like situations dusting up. I hope there's nothing that gets to that level of the Chaz or the chop. Uh, I feel like that kind of fizzled out and I hope that something like that doesn't respawn. I am seeing a lot of people posting stuff about like, Hey, don't forget that we are friends and family with people who disagree politically. And that's more important. You know, our, people we know and love are are more important than politics. Like let's not forget that. And to go out in the street and to die for either of these two assholes is insanity. (laughs) I, I, I do have a a more, a more spirituality than I had um, five years ago. And I don't think that you manifested here to die for Joe Biden uh, or to riot in the streets because you don't like the, the way the election count is going. I mean, be past that, be above that, because that's just the political circus. And I mean, it's like, I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth here because I'm saying that one candidate seems like he would be way worse for the things I'm most concerned about, but then also like, it doesn't matter. I guess I'm just saying, don't be so emotionally invested. Yeah. Cast your vote. That's what you can do. Yeah. Worry about your local elections and how your local government responds to the big agenda, because that is a huge factor. L.A. and San Diego are responding very differently. So it's important to pay attention to what you got going on locally. Cast your vote, but don't worry too much about it. I'm not one of these don't vote people, because I do think that just makes it easier for them to manipulate things. That's not an answer. It's not if if you all stay home and don't vote, they'll still pick a winner based on five votes. They'll be like, well, we had an election. Yeah, this is who showed up. You know, it doesn't mean they're going to say cancel it. Only 55 percent of people voted. We got to figure out a new system. 
It's not how it works. Mm -hmm. So I do say vote, but pay more attention to the local stuff going on than the federal. It's actually quite hard in America when you start digging into local elections to even find a debate between the two mayoral candidates or the two governors. It's actually, it's it's not publicized. Yeah. And pre-internet, I think it'd be even more insane to try to figure out what these people believe because uh, you have to actually do work to find out what your local government believes and, and uh, the, the people running anything about them. That's the thing I was going to ask you. Like, do you think if Trump does get voted out and Biden goes in that like, the divisions will fall down, that politics won't be such a sexy topic and then news will have to find something else to be talking about because they won't have this constant pin, political pinata. Mm-hmm. Like, so that shit that has only happened the, the last four years. Social media has taken over. It's fucking poison everybody's head. It's 24 hours on the news. Like, I think the news is absolutely propaganda. Like, we're fucking in Goebbels, Germany. Like, it's it's... It's and even like the fucking TV shows, mainstream network TV shows, everybody's just dunking on 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 Trump the whole time, and I'm like, but you guys see how biased it is. Like you, you know, it's not to say it's not fair means I'm defending Trump, but I'm not defending Trump. I'm criticizing the media. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah. It's it, it's just so obvious. But you can't you can't push back against the bias and the propaganda in the media. Because then you're seen to be supporting Trump. So the media get away with it right. then because there's a bunch of people who are like, ah, I don't I won't even watch that. And then the rest of them all watch it and go, Yeah, confirm my bias, SNL. Confirm my bias, CNN. This is where I get my information. Sure. And then they'll fight with people online about some lies they heard on CNN and go, Well, I heard it on the news, so it must be true. Like there has to be a paradigm shift in how information is is graded. Like what is mm-hmm. truth? Like and we're post truth since like two thousand and 13 or whatever um but like what is great like what can the only way on twitter if i if rt put up anything it always says like state state supported media russian state supported media above it there's like a tag that goes on with rt that says like be careful about this now this is from the russians you might not be able to believe that and it comes on all these tweets man uh i just think that um it's going to be a weird time and i'd like to know that I can possibly go to America at some point and not get a red scarf in a hotel room somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Not I get Anthony Bourdain or <laughs> yes. like, that, that Irish guy's coming over here, man. He's going to start asking questions. He's got to go. Isn't that right, Hillary? It's time to pay the bill, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I always think like if your only lens is through the media it's going to look way scarier and way worse than it really is. I mean, yeah. like I mentioned, a lot of my friends didn't grow up here. So their family sees on TV, oh, the fires, the fires in California. Yeah. And they they call thinking that we're all under immediate danger. And it's like, California is a very large place. Yeah, uh, You know, there's at least 30 miles between me and that. Uh, same with like, you know, a lot of stuff that happens. If you If you're getting your information through the media, through cable news, it's going to seem way scarier than it is on the ground. I mean, easy, easy to say, right? I mean, obviously these things do affect some people, but I'm only saying that they amplify it to such a degree that you, they, you think you're anywhere on the West Coast and you must be running away from flames right now. <laughs> it's like, well, it's, it's still obviously the minority. It's like but, Pierce Brosnan in Volcano or something, or Dante's yeah. Peak. So. So I do hope you will uh, obviously be able to come over here. I know you had the the road trip planned. I was excited to, to see you do that as a very lofty uh, and and rigorous goal you well, had there. But it's still there, bro. Yes, I, and it should be. Yeah, it should man. be. We all should have 
lofty goals, I think, and, and dreams, and we should pursue them as best we can. And yes, this is going to get uh, scarier. They are trying to enact total control on us, and we have the power to draw a line in the sand with how much we will deal with. And I hope people really start thinking about this now. Get ahead of it. Because if you know it's coming, start thinking about these things. Don't let yourself get so emotional in this next election because uh, in terms of who the president is, you really can't control it. It's always been good advice to worry about the things you can control. Focus on that. Navigate accordingly. You know, But put up some resistance. And not only that, but get in front of it with your friends and family and the people you care about. Get in front of their fear. It is not easy. There, you know, there's a lot, there's a big machine that's working against you, but you know them. And that's the difference is they're doing a broad scattergun approach and you know them. And if you are conspiracy minded, live your life in a way that it looks like this information has served you well. It's helping you navigate. You're a, you're a person that they want to look up to. I mean, Jordan Peterson used to use the phrase, be the reliable person at a funeral. You know, you can work on yourself now that you'll be the kind of person that when there's a tragedy, they turn to you. And I think that's kind of good advice, especially for times like these. Make it look like you're not the crazy conspiracy guy in the group. Make it look like you're you built a successful business because you're going after things and the system makes it easy uh, for 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 me to do that, you know, because they're so full of lies and propaganda. I mean, in my situation, that's what I try to do. And I have friends who are like, is your show even a conspiracy show? Because it doesn't (laughs) seem like Alex Jones. I'm like, yeah, maybe it isn't. Maybe you should just listen to it and let the guests speak for themselves because like the onion uh, trying to be satire. It's too hard to satire shit now. Like conspiracy shows are almost like, you know, the news at this point. Right. And I, and for other people out there, I would say if you're wearing a mask at work now, then you should be thinking very, very hard about how to get out of that job unless you're okay with getting injected by something that definitely won't be tested and has never been invented and uh, is given to you by people who have been trying to kill you for a long time. You know, they've been <laughs> making poisons and selling them as products for a long time. And that's true of Monsanto, Pfizer, Bayer. Glasgow Smith Klein, Johnson and Johnson. Read Whitney Webb's work about these companies and the 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 big company that's going to be the uh, manufacturer of the vaccine, Biodynamics. Um, read her article about that because they have a really sketchy history. They damaged a lot of soldiers when they manufactured an anthrax vaccine and gave it to people who signed up for the military and have no choice but to take the shots. I have friends who are in the military. They're like, yeah, they gave me a lot of shots and I wasn't really allowed to ask questions and that's a little fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it, it is fucked up. It's the, uh, you know, in America, young girls have a kid and go on welfare, young boys go into the military. If you don't know what to do with your life, that's the, the ways they suck you into a system. And that's just the way it is. And so I know a lot of people who, because they had no idea what they wanted to do, they joined that military. They didn't even really care that much. And, you know, I, I don't know if those vaccines have had effects on people. I know how people have uh, been in the military and then got cancer. Was it because they got injected with some random shit? 
you know, who knows what kind of problems that can cause. But they did damage a lot of people, and now they're going to be the ones who will be manufacturing the COVID-19 vaccine. So they make it easy for us. I'm so thankful that they go with these same companies that have terrible histories because you learn the history and you feel much better about standing up and saying no, (laughs) honestly. And that's so I want people to resist. Uh, I want people to at least be open enough to not judge the other people in their lives uh, who are going to be stuck in fear because it is a this is what you get with the American education system and constant propaganda. We've been dealing with years and years of it. It's a very sophisticated machine. Um, I don't know why I didn't get trapped in it, but (laughs) there's some, some people just have this weird aversion to the whole thing. And I, I guess I do. And whatever, like I said, half dead inside. Maybe handling all of those, uh, all those GameStop boxes. There was some some kind of bacteria in the box that was able to infect your brain. It's a certain a certain yeah. breed gets that GameStop uh, dollar, you know. Got and I would it. be very fucked. Uh, that's another thing that keeps me humble is people who don't know. Before I had a successful show, I was a GameStop store manager. And I was a college dropout, and I had no idea what my life was going to be like. And I hated every day I went to work. And if if this COVID thing had happened five years earlier, I'd be completely fucked. Yeah. I probably would be borderline homeless. I wouldn't be working that job. That was a job where I was so paycheck to paycheck, there could not be any disruption yeah. in that. And I'd be wearing a mask for eight hours a day. That's why I don't bitch that much about going into a grocery store with a mask on. Because I can live my life 95% mask free. And, that's and what, I just that's wrap a bandana around my face and I just say, whatever. Same I me, feel bro. bad for the other people. I feel bad for the rest of us. So, uh, but do think about that because your freedom is really on the line uh, in a way that it's never been before. I'm not someone who is always pumping up the fear and anxiety and the hype on my show. This is a new level, uh, a new thing we're dealing with and you got to be ready to resist it. And we need strong numbers because it's really all we got. And maybe their plan will fall somewhere in the middle. Encourage those you love to not get this vaccine and tell them why. Present them with good arguments now, ironclad arguments that will defend them against the fear that's going to be constantly pounded into their head. Yeah, you this, got time. This is the most partisan I've ever time. heard you, man. Like, I've never heard you drop down on, on one side of the fence or the other as much as this. Like, usually you're able to take fucking mad cunts <sighs> on your show with, with a grain of salt yeah. and either put, like, a, a pre-roll going, like, hey, guys, so this show went off the rails, uh, you know, some like <laughs> some some fucking uh, what was your man's name? The the dude who who was at the clone farms and uh, D- Donald Donald Marshall Marshall. Remember that? Oh, shit? Donald Marshall. And you were at the start of the show. You were like, um, so yeah, come here, listen to this show. It's probably not going to make any sense, but um, like I fucking recorded it anyway. Uh, like I've never heard you come down yeah. so hard on this thing as you have with this vaccine stuff. Um, obviously it's very near and dear to your heart and you've done your homework and not just like some cunt on the internet reading some shit or you know buy a few books on amazon and read up and then you're a doctor uh you're dealing with these people like these are the people who are you're standing on the shoulders of giants you're dealing with the people who are coming in who have done the actual work with the credentials and they're coming to you and uh, answering your questions um so like don't think listening to greg for the first time dear listener that uh Greg just got like black pilled or whatever into this right, anti-vax right. thing. Like this is this is a very uh, unusual turn for someone who's um, usually very measured, very bipartisan, and very well researched 
for 10 Thank years. You. And I, I, and I know I didn't even get in, We didn't get that deep into it. I didn't even make no, the man. best arguments, but I, it's more about the resources yeah. for later for them. And I just want people to know there are other ways to look at a thing, yeah. this particular thing in general. The news is presenting you one narrative as if there is no alternative in the world, and there are. And these are smart people, you know, read their books, and maybe you fall somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That's okay. Like, I still have unanswered questions, but at the same time, a lot of the major uh, outbreaks we've had, there was a very interesting books usually about just that one that present an alternative case. And it really is more about just, you can't trust the people who are in charge of this particular thing. And it really shouldn't have to go all that much deeper, but there's many different ways to approach it. Go listen to the David Crow interview. I did listen to Dr. Andy Kaufman, listen to Sally Fallon Morell. That is a key one. Dr. Tom Cowan has not been on my show, but I think he's very wise. He has his own podcast where he's interviewed a lot of people who are more aligned with the terrain theory. Uh, the Weston A. Price Foundation has great advice on your diet and the things that you probably are deficient in. And it's mainly about healthy fats and not using seed oils, but using actual, uh, you know, lard to cook with instead of Crisco and all this fake shit yeah. they've injected into the supermarkets. Like just go back to nature. I mean, it's kind of paleo stuff, it, the keto stuff. I mean, but it's, it's a little deeper than that because the organ meats and things that they don't sell in grocery stores become hard to get. And it's also about good sources. Shore up your sources of food. Where are you getting your meat right now? Do you got a meat guy? You need a meat guy. You know? Can uh, <laughs> get that elk, so, son? Right. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. It's good to have a source of high-quality grass-fed meat. Yeah. And it probably isn't going to come from your local grocery store. And you'll get the bones and you'll make bone broth and, you know, you'll feel good about taking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Taking your health under your own hands. I've had terrible allergies my whole life. And a lot of people, these alternative people on my show have always had advice. Oh, you need to take this or take this. And it's like, really, it seemed to be just as simple as eating good quality grass fed beef on a regular basis. I don't really have much of a problem anymore. Yeah, it's the Um, Jordan Peterson diet. Um, So, yeah, yeah, to finish off the show then, I just want to see if you can give us one piece of good news that's happening in Greg Carlwood's uh, 2021. Uh, Have you acting on the horizon, Mm -hmm. like two stars and a wish, something uh, something that you know is going to happen that's good and something that you wish that might happen that's good? Uh, Let's finish on a positive note. (laughs) If we're being personal, the only real thing that's been disrupted this year for me was uh, me and my wife were supposed to go to Peru and take ayahuasca with uh, a a really well-renowned shaman. And I was very lucky to be on that trip. And we were going to talk to the shaman about how we're looking to have a kid pretty soon. And that was really supposed to be a a capstone to our party life. And uh, uh, because a lot of people do come out of ayahuasca and they're like, I don't really do that stuff anymore. Mm. It stopped me from drinking and I cut down on the weed and I just had this new renewed sense of life. And you tell the shaman that you're going to have a kid and he will prepare you for that part of life. I feel like shamanistic medicine is actually some of the most valid out there, oddly enough. But that was supposed to happen. We've rebooked for next year. I am concerned. The people I'm going with, uh, they've already kind of hinted at, even though you let your deposit ride for next year, maybe, you know, now we need to have that conversation. So my hope is that me and the wife do get to go to Peru. And I think this is a, a spiritual 
write a passage that is very important to me and high on my list. And there is no substitute. I'm not going to go to some basement in LA and and do ayahuasca as has been offered to me and things like that. It's got to be authentic and um, it'll happen or it won't. I mean, obviously it's not the end of the world. I will go on with life if if it doesn't happen, but I'm very lucky that subscriptions are up and I got out of that shitty job in just in time and I can go to work and whenever I want without a mask and it's going to be a little bit difficult to trap me under the vaccine umbrella, you know, to cut off enough of my resources. Cause I feel pretty diversified and I feel pretty armored up because I don't rely on any of their systems. And most of my listeners I've gotten in front of and said, you need to go through my website. I could, I could be gone from Twitter any day. I could be gone from YouTube any day. Don't rely on those systems for our connection. It has to go through my website. We'll let people know where they can find you then. Where, where's, what's the website and where (laughs) where can they find you? The HiresideChats.com. It's pretty easy. Use that coupon code Gordo and you can get a free week of plus. I hope you'll stick around. You know, I hope, I hope it's worth eight bucks a month to you because I do find like it's valuable, but if it isn't, that's okay. You can stick around for the first hour. I still try to make a really complete show with all the best information, the most important stuff. I feel like I'm not trying to hide it behind a paywall. I'm just having a conversation with these people and naturally they flow towards deeper. So the second hour is a subscriber thing. It is how I get along without having to rely on any of their systems, without having to read ads for, underwear and bridge wallet and whatever the hell, um, you know, there's just different ways to podcast and this is how I do it. And I feel like I'm way more secure getting $8 from many different people than one paycheck from a shitty company like GameStop that could just disappear on a dime. And I hope that other people find ways to be independent. You don't have to be a conspiracy podcaster, but there are things you can do and shore up your game. You still have a little bit of time and be ready to resist. But the HiresideChats.com coupon code Gordo for a free week. Nice one, man. I am also very super great. Like, I don't pray to God or whatever, but I say thanks, like, and I'm so grateful every day for what being a, being a podcaster and being independent does for my life, my mental health. Yes. Like, being able to sit and not have to go to work and stand in a shop and deal with dickheads <laughs> and to be able to stay home and read and watch videos and read books that people send me to to then be like, come and interview me and talk to me about this. Like, when did you ever think in your life, Greg, that you'd have like the top minds in, in fields that you hadn't even heard of in your early 20s sending you books and like kind of half begging to go, can I come on your show and talk about my book with you, please? Like, I know. It, it's a fucking different universe to what I thought I was going to be when I was in my early 20s. Couldn't even imagine where, where we are now, man. And I do feel Amen. like the impetus of listening to the higher side chats going in and out on the Lewis, which is our kind of tram system in Dublin. Yeah. I'm, I'm on the thing, I'm holding the pole, knocking back and forward, having my earphones on. And we were drinking a little drink and smoking a little smoke, listening to you talking to these, the maddest of cunts, doing the money bomb back in the day. Yeah. Doing, uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm OG Hireside Chats and I would recommend everybody else to go and find them wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, wherever, wherever it is, it's up there. And like Greg said, com is where you can get the subscriptions. The second hour is definitely worth it. It's, um, it's stuff that you wouldn't hear anywhere else on the internet. And uh, it's it's like he talks to the people that I only talk about 
So if you love the shit that I go on with, uh, this is from the mouth of babes. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you. Chat. I love what you're doing. You're thanks, very dude. funny. It's good to cover this material from any position other than fear. And I think humor is usually the best. Yeah. And uh, you do a great job. Thanks for having me. Thanks for treating me and the wife to a great time in Dublin. Anytime, bro. We will see. Not anytime now, obviously, because right, uh, right, right. we have to get fucking chips in our hands to go. But look at We'll see each other again in real life sometime soon. That's been it for those conspiracy guys for this time. That was Greg Carlwood from the Higher Side Chats. Info at thoseconspiracyguys.com for the email. Uh, there's a link with all the magic uh, social media stuff below. And uh, yeah, that's it for the show. I'd like to say thanks to Greg for joining us. And you can find him at thehiresidechats.com. Um, yeah, leave a, leave a rate and a review on iTunes if you like this or wherever you're listening to it. And uh, reach out. We're going to have live shows and interviews like this as we go on. We're in lockdown in Ireland at the moment, so I can't make any more uh, deep dives. But you will be getting a bunch of true crime episodes, whatever I have recorded in September and October already, 2020. And uh, go and listen to the Season 8 announcement episode. It's about 25, 30 minutes long, and it's going to give you all the information about what's coming uh, in the next 12 possibly very dark ones <laughs> um so that's it for those conspiracy guys for this time i'm gordo i'm greg carlwood and we'll see you again soon bye bye